Ephesians chapter 4. Father, thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that as we share your word, we thank you that every heart is open to receive. Every mind is attentive, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that every distraction goes and that, Lord, we, we retain your word today. We put it into practice in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. And he gave some, this is verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What does God want in this day and hour? He wants strong churches. What is the will of God today? What is God saying? The same thing he's always said. God wants strong churches and, and, and local churches that will go and impact people. So he says, the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Why, why do we have ministry gifts? The fivefold ministry. So that the, God's people, other translations say this, God's people are equipped for works of service. You know, a lot of times in different uh, thinking is this, that, that people think, you know, in their group or whatever, they, they, they pay their pastor, their they, they hire and fire, you know, just every so often they, they get a new pastor, whether they need one or not, every couple years. And so it just, um, you know, thankfully we don't work like that around here. And um, because I was, I was never hired. Amen. It's a calling. And so, but what we see, though, is a, a lot of times people think, well, the, the pastors, they do all the work of the ministry. But, but what, what it is, is, is the people of God, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, they are going to equip the people of God. And that's why we're going to have an evangelist come in in a couple of weeks and have different ministry gifts come in. Why? Because all of these work for the perfecting and the maturing of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ. So what happens is the, the people of God are, are, are built up and so they go and do the work of the ministry. So what I, I'm doing the work of the ministry, you're doing the work of the ministry, the work of the ministry is getting done. <clears throat> Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that henceforth we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him, into all things. So we see that God wants the church to grow up. Grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. From whom the whole body, now notice this, fitly joined together. Boy, my, my page is stuck together. Is that compacted? <laughs> By that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. So we, as the body of Christ, we are part of the end time church. How many believe we're part of the, the, the end time church? Now, you know, sometimes you say that. It's, it's not that we're a different church from the, than the, the early church. Sometimes we say, well, you know, back in the early church. We, we're, start, we're still a part of that same church. In the book of Acts. We're still the, part, the same church from the book of Acts that's continuing today. I'm still, I'm a part of the church that Jesus started. That, that Peter, James, John, I'm part of that same church. The, the same church is going to usher in Jesus Christ in, in his return. And so as the church, we are not a weak church. What, well, I'm not talking about just the river church. I'm talking about universally. The church is not a weak organization. Now, maybe, maybe you look at it and you think, oh, boy, it looks like we, there's a few Gomer piles out there or whatever. And, you know, I don't know about this army. I mean, who, how many know who Gomer Pyle was? Maybe a couple people. <laughs> The older I get, the, the more I realize um, they may not know what that is. <clears throat> but <laughs> I believe that God is getting us ready. I believe the Lord is getting us ready for, for his return. That was one of the things that our pastor said that when the Lord appeared, he had this vision. 
he didn't see Jesus, but he had this vision, this open vision. He said one of the things, though, that, that, that uh, the Lord spoke to him was this, I'm getting my people ready. He said they're not ready, but I'm going to get them ready. And thank God that he's getting us ready. Every person that will be ready for his return. Amen. And that's why he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, I, I'm, I'm separating the wheat from the chaff. That which is, is holy from that which is unholy. And that's, that's why we have to allow the Lord to do a work on the inside of us every day. Everyone say daily. daily. <laughs> There's got to be a daily cutting away in our life. You know, that we just, that's why I thank God for the word. Thank God as you read your chapter. Yeah. I know the other day, I, I'm, you know, I just was like, boy, <clears throat> you know, I'll tell them myself. But, you know, sometimes you just get busy and you just, you know, all the different things you're doing, you, you realize, man, I, I'm, I'm a few chapters behind. So I just sat down and started reading in 2 Samuel, just, you know, just going through it. Not just to speed read it, but as you do that, it's feeding you. It's changing you. And you don't even realize it. You know, my wife and I were talking about this morning. A lot of times people don't realize what they, what they are missing of going to church on a regular basis. Because when you go on a regular basis or, or when you don't go, you don't realize what you're missing. You know, it's just like this. The more that you, the less that you read your Bible, there's a, a temptation to think you know more about it. <laughs> The, the less you read the Bible, the more you think, well, yeah, I know the Bible. You know, I've, I've read through the Bible once in my life. And, and, you think, and you think you know it. But, you know, when you actually read the Bible on a daily basis, how many you know you're, you're confronted with things and you realize, boy, I, I need to step it up. Boy, I don't, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. And you realize it keeps you actually in reality. It keeps you in humility. <clears throat> when you read the Old Testament, the Bible talks about that the, uh, the man of God said, Actually, God spoke and told him that the, the, uh, the priest were to give a copy of the law to the, to the, uh, the, the king, the, the one in charge. Why? Because it said, lest your heart be lifted up above your brethren. The word has a humbling effect to you, and it, has a, it keeps you in reality. And that's why we, we, we have to feed on the word on a consistent basis. But what God is looking for is something that we are, and that's the glorious church. Everyone say the glorious church. Glorious. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. I want to share just for a few moments this morning about the glorious church. The glorious church. Look at um, Ephesians chapter 5. Let's just uh, skip back a couple of verses. Look in um, verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So that's who we are. That's, that's the church that God says that we are. And he's coming back for. Not, not a weak church, not a defeated church, but a glorious church. Amen. Hallelujah. You know that the, that the church that God is raising up is not going to be one that's just barely making it out. We're not going to be a church that's just barely making it to heaven. You know, we're just kind of like dragging our leg and it's like, come, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Take us out. No, we're, the reason that we're going to go to heaven when we do is because the, the time that we have finished that part in the timing of the Lord when it's time for us to go. And, and the Lord, the Bible says in Peter, that he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Why, did, why didn't he come back already? Because he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. What is that? That's people. The precious fruit of the earth is are souls. People being born again into the kingdom of God. That's the reason God is waiting. So when you get impatient, God is still just waiting. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want you to look at this glorious church. Look at he says. He says, not having spot. The Bible says that we are to be unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. 
a peculiar people. We're to be a separate people. Everyone say separate. separate. Now, when we say that, though, a lot of times people say, yeah, that's what I want. I want to be separate. I want to just go live in the mountains. We're not talking about just separating yourself, you know, physically, but it's, there's something in the heart. Yeah. Do you know that that's what it's about? You know, you can separate yourself and go live anywhere. You can live on a hill somewhere, you know, and, and no one can find you. But, but you can be just as corrupt as, as anything. Yeah. And what we're talking about is separate in your heart, where, where you're separate. You're, there's something on the inside that, that God, that's why we have to have a work of, of the Spirit of God yeah. in our hearts on a daily basis. That he separates us. Listen what the Bible says in Hebrews 7 verse 26. Talking about Jesus. Now look in verse 25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. You know that the hand of God is not short. That it cannot save. Amen. The hand of God is not short. God doesn't have alligator arms. You know, God is not just, you, you, you reach out and say, God, you, I, I need help. And he, he's just flapping like little arms and he can't reach you. But he says here, he's able to save to the uttermost them that come to God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us, who is holy. Now this is talking about Jesus. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. But you know, when you think about it, the Bible says that Jesus fellowship with sinners. In fact, that's what the religious crowd hated, didn't they? What did they say? He's a, he's a, a friend of, of, of he's gluttons and wine bibbers. And, they, and they, they, they took him to task about that. But you know, Jesus, even though he did that, he didn't become what they did. Amen. You don't go to the bar to, and, and you know, you know, you're you're drunk, and then you start to minister to the people. Well, you know, I just wanted to minister to them. You know, no, you got polluted yourself. But Jesus, the Bible says, he was separate from sinners. So the glorious church is is a church that's going to be separate, separate from the world. Now we're not talking about having a holier than thou attitude. Amen. How many remember the Bible talked about? Uh, an individual uh, going to prayer, the um, Pharisee and the publican. How many remember that? And it said that this Pharisee, he went in there and he said, Oh God. He said, I thank thee that I'm not like other people. How many know there's a problem already? Because you actually are like a lot of other people. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other people and, and um, you know, I do this and I tithe. I pray, I fast, and I thank you that I'm not as other men and like this publican. And so, but here this, this publican who was not, you know, revered, you know, tax collectors and, you know, people just hated, you know, they would just make their own rules and just throw 50% on top, you know, and, and you couldn't do anything about it. And that's just the way things were. But he said that he smote his breast and just said, he himself on the chest said, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other. For he that exalts himself shall be abased, but he that humbles himself shall be exalted. And that's the way it is with God. You, 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 if you want to go higher, then you have to go lower. You have to humble yourself and you have to bow your, your knee and bow your heart. <clears throat> you remember in the Old Testament, the Bible talked about the Lord telling a group of people, he says, rend your heart, not your garment. You know, they were like, oh, God, just making this show and just making a, a big deal outwardly. But God sees all through that. You know why? Because the proud, the Bible says, he knows afar off. You know, what, you know what one of the definitions of pride is? It's smoke. You ever heard of someone like throwing a smoke screen? That's what it's like. That's what pride is. It's like smoke coming up to God. Who's ever got smoke in your eyes? You know, like a, a fire. You, you go near a, a campfire. Well, that's what pride is like to God. It, it just, it burns your eyes. It just, it, it's irritating. <clears throat> and so we are a holy people, the Bible says. 
a people that's set apart. Now, you know, it's amazing that sometimes when you talk about these things, people start thinking of it in mournful tones. You know, like, well, you know, we should be holy. Yeah, sad but true. You know, like, you know, if I, if I have to be. But, you know, there's nothing more glorious in, in life than when you're right with Him. When things are right with you and God, holiness is fun. Holiness is fun. Now, you tell me what's better than having zero condemnation in your life. What's better than having a, a, a conscience that's clean, a conscience that's clear, that you can lift up your head, you can pray. There's nothing between God and I. There's nothing between my fellow man and I. There's nothing between anybody and I. And I can lift up my head. I can pray. I can minister. I can lay hands on people. I can, I can pray for the sick with no guilt, no condemnation, nothing that's ever... You know, nothing between my soul and the Savior. Nothing to hinder the least of His favor. Amen. When I have that, that's fun. I tell you what's not fun is when you battle condemnation. And I battled that for years. You know, where you just, you, you, you just, you go to pray and the enemy brings us back. Oh, you did this. This is who you are. That's not who I am. Even if you missed it this morning, you are not your sin. You are not your mistake. See, that's what the devil lies to people. Well, you know, you're this, you're this. And so I don't care if you're talking about desires. What, here's the thing. The enemy always brings different things and he works with people's desires and he tries to tell them that's who they are. <clears throat> that's not who you are. When you're born again, you're, you're saved, sanctified, and set apart. I don't care. You know, you, you, might, you might have all kinds of desires to eat all kinds of food today. But that doesn't mean you have to. You, the enemy might bring all kinds of desires that, that you're this. Oh, I have a desire for this. That must mean that's who I am. Well, it, 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 I have a desire for this, so I must be a glutton. I have a desire for this, so I must be this. I have a desire for, for this, so it must mean that I, that's what I am. No, that's not who you are. Don't let the devil tell you who you are. Let your identity tell you who you are. Let the Bible tell you who you are. Let the Bible say that, that this is who you are. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. That you are a new creation in Christ. All things are passed away. All things are become new. Amen. I'm not the old man I used to be. I'm peculiar. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I've been born again. More than a conqueror, that's who I am. We've got to sing that song too. That's another good David Engel song. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God has called us to live holy and to be separate. That's who we are today as the glorious church. 1 Peter 1 verse 15 says this, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. So holiness is not something to be down about. So what is holiness? And this is not my full message about holiness, but what is holiness? Holiness is Christ-likeness. Being Christ-like. You know, in many groups, Christ being holy is how long your hair is. Right? In some groups, it's all about dress. It's all about makeup or no makeup. It's about, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. See, I don't let those things determine from the outside. I let it determine from the inside. And see, that's what holiness is. It's about, I don't do this. I'm not just about what I can't do. I'm about what I can do. And that's follow the Holy Spirit. And if you follow the Holy Ghost, if you follow the Word of God, if you follow what the Spirit is telling you, then you'll always be in the right place at the right time, and you'll be doing exactly what you should be doing. Amen. You know, that's why the Bible says, you're not going to go in that day and say, know the Lord, know the Lord, know the Lord. You know, For you shall all know me, saith the Lord. That's what, that's what he says in Hebrews. From the least to the greatest. He said, I'm going to write my, my laws in your hearts. You know, there's some things that you don't even know this. Maybe you don't even know this wrong by the text. 
You don't even have a scripture for it. You don't have the word for it. But you know by, you have the author of the book on the inside. And he's telling you, no, this is not it. You, this is not it. You, you, you walk this way. Walk ye in it. This is the way. Walk in it. So how do you know? How do you know which way to go? You have an unction from the Holy One, the Bible says, and you know all things. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. My sheep hear my voice. In a stranger's voice, they will not follow. So I have to know the Holy Spirit on the inside. I, I, I get to know Him. Amen. See, that's what the difference between religion and relationship. Right. See, relationship, religion will never embrace relationship. It just it re- embraces rules. Yeah. Do this and do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Bless God, you have to wash your hands 15 times before you eat. And, and, and your disciples are not washing their hands. And, and, and what's going on here? I mean, they, they were the washingest bunch there was. <laughs> and, and so, but you know, they did that, but they were still just as rotten on the inside. Jesus said, you're doing all this. He said, you make the, the, the word of God an unaffected by your traditions. See, tradition doesn't care what the word says. Tradition cares about what it has. Hallelujah. But you have truth or tradition. So do you want truth today or you want tradition? Now, you know, there are good traditions like uh, going to church. There's good traditions like, you know, taking a shower. Uh, good traditions, <laughs> reading the Bible. But there's other traditions that people hold up, and, and they, they hold that greater than what the Word of God says. It's like um, Brother Hagin said when, when he was uh, a pastor. He said that he, was, he went and assumed this church, and they had certain things lined out. And one of the things they did, they said, your wife is going to teach the Sunday school class. That's our, our tradition. He said, well, I'm changing that tradition. She's not a teacher. She's, she's helping me in the ministry. And, um, and I, you know, we have this already worked out. And so I'm changing the, the um, tradition. And um, anyway, they had other things going on. They had a Saturday night service in there. He said they loved that Saturday night service more than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He said you couldn't change it because it was tradition. You know, we, we can't change the altar because, you know, uh, that's where I got saved and that's my tear stain up there. People have traditions. <laughs> Amen. Our pastor tells the story when they got um, in, in revival meetings, they would go and, and they would be outside. And he says, the pastor would look at them just in awe and, and, and amazement and said, you mean the Lord is moving outside of the altar? Like there's nothing holy just about the altar. There's nothing you know, just holy about the carpet. You know, people, well, you know, I was in this great revival meeting and, and that painting just spoke to me. And, 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 you know, people get, you know, they get religious and they have these relics, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well start selling indulgences again. <laughs> but holiness is Christ-likeness. Our call is to be just like him this morning. How many want to be just like him? So that's the, the, the beautiful thing is if I'm following Jesus with all my heart, with all my soul, I may not know everything, but he's going he's gonna to put that on the inside, what I need to know. And I'd rather have a heart after him than just a head full of knowledge. Amen. A lot of people have fat heads, but God wants them to have a fat heart. And what does that mean? The Bible says that your bones will be fat. What does that mean? That means that God wants to, to fill you up. Amen. Like, like one person said, not fat on your bones, just fat bones. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but the Bible tells us in 1 John 2, 6, that we are to walk even as he walked. To be the glorious church that Christ is coming back for. To be like him in thought, word, and deed. And so I want you to realize this this morning. That traditionally speaking and through the ages... The church has always had the biggest impact on the world when it's been the least like the world. The world has always, the church has always had the biggest impact. Why? Because if you're just like the world, then what, then what do you have to offer? If you're just like the world, if you're just like those around, then there's nothing different. You're not peculiar. So the church has always had that biggest impact when it was least like the world. Not being weird, not being strange, but being the light. How many know that today we are the light of the world? Now, we know Jesus is ultimately, he's the light. 
But who does he shine through? The church. Do you know that, that the Bible talks about the hand of the Lord coming down? Do you know that, that we become the hand of the Lord? When, when the Bible talks about the hand, how, the book of Acts chapter 4, chapter 5 talks about the hand by, by, the, by the apostles, many signs and wonders were done. Well, God doesn't just reach a hand down from heaven and you see this big hand just reach down. We are actually the hands of God. We become the hands. It's just like I heard this testimony, this little, um, this little four-year-old boy. He, um, this, this person had, was facing this, this sickness. And this little four-year-old boy came up, went up, cast the devil out of this person. They were completely healed. A, uh, a, a, like a uh, terminal disease. Well, that little boy became the hand of God. Amen. And, and don't, don't, don't uh, put the little ones out, you know. They'll go up and obey. They'll, they'll cast the devil out of you real quick. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Say this. I'm, I am the light to those around me. Amen. You know, all we do is we just we let that, that light that's on the inside just reflect. Amen. Just like you see, like the moon, it just reflects the light of the sun. I am not the light. So let me, let me just rephrase that so you don't think that, you know, we're not the Savior of the world. We, we just reflect that light. It's just like this. When you, when you use your garden hose. Now, thank God, I mean, I, I remember, you know, years ago, you, it's just it's a nasty taste when you drink out of a water hose, you know, if you know what I mean. It's got a certain taste to it, you know. But, you know, when that water comes out, you know, thank God for the, you know, to water your plants or whatever. You don't glorify the, the, the pipes, so do you? Oh, thank God for these pipes. Thank God for No, you thank God for the water that's coming out. Amen. So don't glorify the pipes. Don't glorify the vessel. Glorify God that's coming through that person. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So the church today should shine brighter and brighter until the return of Jesus. As I said earlier, we're not just holding on until Jesus comes back to get us out of here. We're to what? What does the Bible say? We're to occupy until he comes back. So what does that word mean when we say occupy? Number one, that means we're taking territory. We're taking territory. We're not just maintaining, but we're gaining ground. And here's the thing. You know, how many know in life there's, there's really not stagnation? Either things are moving forward or they're going backwards. How many know when you, when you, um, you ever look at like a house? A house is made to live in. You ever seen when people are not in a house? It just falls apart. And then the yard and everything else. Everything just, just goes down. <clears throat> and so in our life, we, we can't just maintain. Because if we just maintain, what's going to happen is we're going to go backwards. So... We're talking about in our spirit, our soul, our body, and our finances. That we're to gain ground. And that's why we had, when we had kingdom business, fellowship. We have to be gaining ground in the kingdom of God. Not, not just, well, you know, I'm just going to just, you know, make my little wage and just, you know, hope the best. And No, we're, we're, we're not just going to have a, a one talent. We're going to have that multiplied to two. We're going to have the five multiplied to ten. And then if someone doesn't do anything with their one, we'll, we'll have the eleven. Yeah. Amen. We're going to multiply. Amen. We're going to multiply when Jesus comes back. Yes. Hallelujah. And that's why the Bible says that we're going to have to give an account for that which is given unto us. And you know, the Lord knows what, you, what you've been given. Well, you know, I don't have what they have. Well, God knows that. Why did he know to give the one person five and he gave one two? Because he knew what they could handle. So just be faithful with the two. And if you have the one, just be faithful with the one. <clears throat> and so we're not maintaining, but gaining ground. The body of Christ is going to be furthered. Amen. Through all the different outreaches, through soul winning, through, through ministering to other people, through people coming to the main event. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times people say, and they've heard this phrase, but they'll say, well, you know, God is in control. But, you know, God is only in control to the, the degree that we allow him to be in control. 
you know, people say, well, you know, God's in control. So what does that do? I'm just going to take my hands off of it. I'm not responsible for anything. God's in control. God's in control. So, you know, some, somebody goes through, they drop a cheeseburger and it falls in the floor and they, they, um, they reach down for it. And then they, they go through an intersection and hit somebody. Well, you know, there was a reason. Yeah, the reason you were dumb. You know, God's in control. You know, God, let me just say this. That's a real good religious thing. You know, God is, you know, God is sovereign. God is in control. God in his sovereignty gave us a free will. So, so God gives us a free choice. The reason that man has, has um, gotten into the place where he is today is because he chose wrongly. So God gives us a choice. He tells us to choose. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. So God gives each and every person a choice in life. He's only in control as long as the church is in control. And so what happens is this. People are leaving up to God what God has left up to us. How many people do that though? They just leave it up. I'm leaving it up to God. God knows best. Yes, Father knows best and that's why he gives you a brain. And he tells you, <laughs> he tells you to, to, to pray. He tells you to take authority. Amen. If, if I see a snake in my house, then I'm the one responsible for that. Well, maybe the Lord sent that. Well, you know, there, you know there's, there's other things. There's good snakes and bad snakes. I don't hold to that philosophy myself, but um, only a dead one usually works around me. So I kill them all. You know, if you like the, the, uh, the different snakes because they eat the other ones up, uh, we'll put it in your yard, not mine. <laughs> but see, that's why the Bible says, thy will be, Jesus said, pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because his will is not automatically being done. If we want to be the glorious church, we have to pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So just by that statement, that shows you that, that God's perfect will is not being done in the earth. That's why we have to pray that it would be. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. I want you to turn over to Luke chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. Boy, I get to having so much fun. The time just goes... We'll be looking for the runway here shortly. So, <laughs> Luke 10, verse 19. But I want you to realize this is what the glorious church is. Because I grew up in church where the church was just a, an organization. It wasn't a, a, what the Bible calls it, the ecclesia. In my mind, it wasn't what the ecclesia, which is the called out ones. That's who we are. We're the called out ones, called for his purpose. But I want you to look right here. Luke 10, verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. What's the real reason that we should rejoice? The fact that our names are written in heaven. The fact that my name is in the book, I'm going to heaven when I die. Nothing else matters. But notice he says, behold, I give unto you power. Now, there's actually two different words here uh, in the Greek and this first word is the word where it says power is the word authority. He says, behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And what? Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know, you don't have to be afraid of the devil today. You don't have to be afraid, well, the devil's going to jump on me. Well, you know, the devil's going to hurt me and the devil's going to do this to me. 
No, because if I'm doing what God's told me to do, if I'm under the protective hand of God, nothing shall by any means hurt me. So notice he says this, we have the authority. So it's like the policeman, he, he has the badge. You know, it, it's not just the, the fact that he's, he has the gun, but it's the fact he's got what's backing that, that's the badge. So he has the authority and he has the power. He has the exosia and he has the dunamis. Amen. You, you, can have, you can have one without the other, but you need both of them. So notice he says, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So what is serpents and scorpions a type of? Over, he, he goes on to say, all the power of the enemy. Everyone say, over all the power of the enemy. What does that word tread mean? That means you're walking on it. You step on it. That snake comes, you, you step on it. I'll, I'll use something else to, to step on him. But th that's what it's like. You're stepping on the power of the enemy. That means that I'm not just, I'm not just waiting for the enemy to, to, to come and hit me with something. I'm going to step on the enemy. I'm going to tread on it. I'm going to tread on sickness and disease. I'm going to walk on poverty. Can you say amen? I'm going to walk on lack. I'm going to walk on discouragement. I'm going to walk on all those things. Hallelujah. And the one, one of the ways you do that, the biggest ways, is by prayer. You possess the promises of God through prayer. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, if we had the time, I could go into it. But, you know, when you, when you think about um, the, the, the children of Israel going around Jericho, that was a, 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 that type of prayer. When they're going around, they're possessing the land. When they blew the ram's horns. I mean, there's so many different things in there. You possess it by prayer. Hallelujah. Just look at a couple of verses here. Um, verse 1, he says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city where he himself would come. Chapter 9, verse 1 says that he called his 12, this is right before that, and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. So what did the Lord, the Lord called us, has given us power and authority over all devils, not most devils, all devils. You know there's still devils today? <laughs> How I many know that they're still in the, the devil is still now we don't see them you know like you know like like people say sometimes you know the, the devils that are, that are over here are the ones that couldn't make it in other countries and other continents you know they couldn't those devils couldn't make it in Africa so they came to America <laughs> but, but nonetheless he's given us power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And so turn over to Mark 16. We'll, we'll just finish up here. Mark 16. This is what the Bible says, the Great Commission. Amen. So this is, this is who we are. This is the church that the Lord is raising up. Everyone say, that's me. Mark 16, verse 15 says, Go into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. So because you're a believer, not because you're a minister, not because you're anything except a believer, these signs shall follow you today. Part of the glorious church. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Now let me just say this real quickly. You could... These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall do this. But you wouldn't do disservice to the Bible, and you're not adding or taking away if you look at it like this. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Because it's all believing in the name of Jesus. So in my name, they shall cast out devils. So we, as believers, we should cast out devils. Another way you can look at that, you're exercising authority over the enemy. 
Say that number. Say this. I shall cast out devils. And then look, number two, he says, they shall speak with new tongues. That is a sign that, that we should have today, that we speak with new tongues. Unfortunately, many churches, they, they, they flip-flop those, and they cast out tongues, and they speak with devils. But we don't speak with devils and, and cast out tongues. We cast out devils, and we speak with tongues. Can you say amen? <laughs> number three, they shall take up serpents. What's he talking about? He's talking about exercising authority, treading on serpents and scorpions. As you notice, we don't have a refrigerator in here with rattlesnakes that are, you know, a little bit cold, and so they're a little bit slow, and so then we pick them up and handle them. Amen. Um, I'll, I'll find a couple of ushers to deal with that. Matt can deal with that. <laughs> I think he, uh, he knows a, a dead snake's the only good snake as well. And so, so what he's saying, though, is, just like Paul, though, if, when he dealt with that, how many remember, he picked up a, in Acts, what, 28, 27, 28. He's dealing with something, and they were just been shipwrecked. He, he builds this fire, and this, this viper comes out. So if something does accidentally bite you, you can claim immunity. But you have authority in the name of Jesus. He says, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover so then after the Lord had spoken to them he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word was signs following notice here he says the Lord working with them now notice that the word them is in italic so it's not in the original they, uh, the uh, translators add that just thinking it would help you understand. And there is a point here where the Lord works with us, but notice it's actually the Lord working with and confirming the word with signs following. So if you don't have the word, there's nothing for the Lord to work with. So what does he always say? Preach the word. Paul said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. So always put the word first. Can you say amen? And so, the glorious church is who we are. Now, I'm not going to take the time, but if you, if you go to Acts chapter 3, what do we see? We see at the gate called Beautiful, them going in and raising that man up. He, they say, in the name of Jesus Christ in Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they said, by faith in his name. In fact, what did Peter say? He said, why are you looking on us as like our holiness? Now, holiness is important, right? But holiness is different than faith. But you want to have both. <laughs> you, want to have, you want to have the character with your faith. But he says, why are you looking on us? He said, as on, by our own holiness, we made this man to walk. He said, it's by the name of Jesus and faith in that name that this man is standing upright. And when you look in Acts chapter 4, we see the church in prayer. What does the glorious church look like? It's a church that's in a praying church. Yeah. I want to encourage you, if you to, to make uh, the prayer that we had this morning yeah. uh, before the, the, the service at 9 o'clock. I mean, it's, it's Holy Ghost. I mean, we're, we're just cranking it up in here. And, um, I, and I'm not even leading. I'm just sitting over here and just uh, enjoying myself over here, praying. But that's what the church is. The church is in prayer. We, we see that them coming together and, and calling on God and saying, Lord, you know, you are God. That's what prayer is. Prayer is just reminding God who he is. God, this is who you are. And they, they begin to say, you are God. And, and Lord, grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak forth your word. By stretching forth your hand, signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And what do we see? We see that the place was shaken where they were gathered together. And, and as you keep reading the book of Acts... One of the things you'll see is God starts answering those prayers. He starts showing signs and wonders. In the very next chapter, you know what happens? Ananias and Sapphira fall dead in church. This is a church that's under grace and people died. But Acts 5.12 says this, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. 
by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought. But see, that's what the Lord wants to do in, in our day. Is that each person, each person is a minister. Each person, you know, don't, don't think of that like, well, you know, I'm not preaching a message. No, you are a message. The Bible says that we are living epistles. Whether you, whether you like it or not, people are reading your life every day. Well, I don't want it to be like that. Well, it's like that whether you want it to be or not. Good, bad, or ugly. How many know people are watching? How many know that you're, you're watching other people? Well, other people are watching you as well. Amen. And I thank God that we're in this day, in this hour, that we're going to be the, the, the church, the glorious church, without spot, without wrinkle. See, the devil will lie. He's such a liar. Well, you know, I could never, I could never be that because um, of my past. But the Bible says this, Now unto him that's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. How many of you remember 1 Thessalonians 5, 23? I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Blameless. So, you know, I'm not looking to fall. I don't know about you. I'm not looking to fall in this, this day and hour. I'm looking to stand. I'm looking to, there's always people that, that want to, well, you know, uh, you know, people are going to fall and people are going to, you know, the, the church is, is those that are going to fall away. I'm not the one that's voting to be that in, in my life. Well, you know, someone's got to fall. Well, it's not going to be me. You know, people even say that about Judas. They say, well, you know, he couldn't help it. He, um, you know, he, um, he didn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah, wrong. Now, unfortunately, he did make the wrong choice. But a lot of people do that. And they think, well, you know, and so then you get back to that whole thing of, well, God's in control and God knows if I'm going to make the right decision. Yeah, and, and that's why we said he gave you a brain and you, you make the right decision. Amen. I believe that in this, this group of people that, that there's none going to be missing. Amen. We're, we're, going, we're going to see you on the other side. Amen. We'll kick your blessed assurance. Amen. Make sure that, that everything that you're, you're, you're going to make it and you're not just going to Barely get in. Can you say amen? amen. With flying colors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of the glorious church. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Right before we go this morning, I want to just give a call. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, as you've been sharing today about the glorious church, I'm not sure myself if I'm right with God. If I died right now, I don't know for sure where I would spend eternity. But the Bible tells us that we can know for sure. So if you're in this place and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to know for sure that I'm going to heaven, that I want to pray with you and for you. Or secondly, if you're in this place and you say, once upon a time I walked with the Lord, but, but I let other things come in. And, you know, many times things like this, things happen. And, and maybe people go through different things and relationships. And they get through different things and th their health. And uh, uh, just a storm just can come out from left field. And, and, and it just, it, it takes people off course. And not even meaning to. But things can happen. So if you, if you say, pray for me, I want to come back to the Lord, then I want to pray with you and for you. Or thirdly, if you say, I just want to make sure. Many times people are just in this category that, you know, they, they, they love the Lord and they, they have a heart towards God, but they're not sure. They just want to make sure. So if that's you, if you want to make sure, if you want to come back to the Lord, if you say, I've never accepted Jesus, but today I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. With no one looking around, just slip your hand up and say, pray for me. Hallelujah. I see those hands. The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. We never want to put off to another day. But we always want to receive him. We always want to, while he may, the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So if that was you, then I want to do just like I said. I don't want you to just stand to your feet. I want you to just come up to the front. I just want to pray with you and for you. Thank you, Lord. The Bible tells us that Jesus died for us in public. We want to receive him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included, then you can come up as well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, this is the most important decision that anyone would ever make in life. This is why we have the this is why we have a church. It's not just so we can have a good time. But this is why we have church. Amen. What if the rapture happened this afternoon? You can have all the stuff in my house. I don't need it. <laughs> Hopefully no one would be left in here that knows where I live. Not that I care. You can have everything I have. But you, you need to be going up with us. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is a, this prayer is a, a one size fits all. And if, if you raised your hand, and you didn't come up, you can still pray from your seat. But as you come up, you didn't come to, to a man, to a person, you came to, to, to the Lord. So I want you to just, just raise your right hand just as a sign of, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching up to you. That's where your help comes from. And just pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said in your word that if I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead and I confess him, then I would be saved. So, Lord, I thank you that you sent Jesus. He died for me. Jesus, come into my heart right now. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Let me never be the same again. Lord, I turn my back on the world and I follow you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for changing me. And thank you, Lord. You're coming back for me. From this moment forward, I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I can say your sins are forgiven you now. Not because of me, but because of him and because of his word. Amen. A clean slate. How I many like a good, a clean start? You know, we all like a good clean start. And you have a clean start right now. Everything is just washed, cleansed. And, and when God looks at you, he sees no past. Isn't that great? <laughs> There's no past. Amen.